0: Claim this discount by going to PhotographyCourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join PhotographyCourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I talk to fine art photographer Patti Mahar. Patty takes stunning photographs of people and herself in surreal landscapes, and oftentimes those models don't even show their faces. We talk about the concept of negative space, tips on writing a compelling and meaningful artist statement, the beauty of finding inspiration in everyday situations, and much more. Please enjoy. Hi, Patty, Welcome to Great Big Photography World podcast. I'm very happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners.
1: Okay. Thanks very much, Taya. I'm really happy to be here. So uh, my name is Patty Mahar, and I'm a fine art photographer uh, or conceptual photographer, depending on how you look at it. And I've been working at my craft since 2010, so about 12 years uh, by now. And, yeah, I'm just really happy to be here. Looking forward to... uh, talking about photography with you
0: same here thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast i really like the the way that you present yourself through your work i love how unique uh your specialty is so you specialize in these faceless portraits slash self-portraits and i think we're definitely going to have a lot of interesting things to discuss
1: great looking
0: forward to it let's start with the technical side of things i know a lot of people are interested in the way that you shoot so what camera equipment do you use Right. Uh, So I use the Canon 5DS,
1: which is a a full frame, full format camera, Um, and I alternate between lenses. So I've got a 50 millimeter, 1.2, also Canon, and I've got a 28 to 70. So um, it just it really depends on the day and my mood and what I plan to shoot. But I, I alternate really between those two lenses and Then I've got uh, a Manfrotto uh, tripod that I use. It's been with me for years. It's a sturdy thing, which is great because I need a sturdy tripod. Uh, Previous to to it, I had a a really like scrawny spindly tripod and and that resulted in my camera falling face first in the mud. So that doesn't need to happen. And then uh, if I'm doing self portraits, I have a remote and um, that's it really. Yeah, that's what I use.
0: I like that. Nice and simple. And I read your past interviews and what I got from them, like the main thing that I felt was that you're very, very, very flexible. As a photographer, you're okay with working with different kinds of, you know, working with what you have, finding inspiration in just everyday situations, which I think is very admirable because uh, we often feel like as photographers, we have to go to the greatest locations, to the most extravagant places to get really good shots. But you you believe that it's if you can get a good shot in a grocery store if you get inspiration in a grocery store then that's what can help you lead a fulfilling life essentially so i'm curious to know what's the most un- unusual place that gave you inspiration
1: yeah, that's an interesting question, because I, I think that I find inspiration in a lot of unusual places, um, a grocery store being one of them. You know, I if you look through my work, you'll see me at various times, uh, you know, sort of posing with different vegetables. I, I for some reason, I, I love a vegetable in a photo. I actually once did a series which I called it was the idea if, if inspiration was a vegetable. So the idea that you can't see inspiration. So if you, if you could make it tangible, like into a physical object, like a vegetable, what would that look like in a photo? Now, people found that a little bit esoteric, but I I totally understood what I was trying to do. And, and uh, I had all my models posing with different vegetables and it was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I would say really inspiration is everywhere. And I, I tend to get inspired by landscapes very much so um, I live out in the country so it's you know at different times of year because I um, we were talking just before we started uh, the interview we were talking about different seasons and I tend to find inspiration in I'm gonna use air quotes here in, in the ugly season so right now it's you know it's just becoming spring here and everything's kind of muddy and brown and and a little bit dead looking and f- personally for me i really enjoy that kind of landscape and i'm very much uh want to get out there and do get out there shooting in, in that time of year and also in november once all the foliage is gone and we're back to this sort of brown and Different shades of brown landscape. I don't know why. I just find it very inspiring. But those are a few things. I mean, I, I think you know. Obviously, I'm inspired in really beautiful landscapes and breathtaking places for sure. But I don't, especially with COVID, I haven't been able to get to uh, any any breathtaking places for a while now. So I'm I'm happy to to sort of do what I can with what I find.
0: Have you always found inspiration in you in, know, as you said, dull colors or seasons that many other photographers might not find appealing or is that something that developed with your style?
1: You know that's an interesting question I think through photography I learned what I found inspiring so I didn't um, I mean I always knew it's funny because I dress in very neutral colors and and that was something like I don't know I figured that out quite a long time ago people were always saying oh you should wear bright colors And, and I would buy something in a bright color and it would sit in my closet and I finally realized you know I I prefer neutrals so I think that you know those seasons are the neutrals of the landscape seasons. Um not to say I can't shoot in sort of green you know when it becomes sort of green and brilliant but I just for some reason find it less inspirational for creating. Um I more just want to sit in that landscape rather than actually create art in that landscape. So but I think as you begin doing any kind of art you start to discover what you like by you know, just what you're gravitating to when you think you've done a good shot. You, you learn a lot about yourself, I think, by doing art, for sure.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's beautiful that you were able to discover that about yourself. And I understand when people give advice and say that you should do this, whether mm-hmm. it's in photography or just in life in general. And they have good intentions, I'm sure. But at the end of the day, you definitely have to stay true to what feels right to you.
1: That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Number one.
0: We talked a little bit about faceless portraiture earlier uh, in this conversation, I briefly mentioned it. And that's something that I find very inspiring about your work, how you're able to express so many emotions without showing anyone's face. And so I know that's very uplifting for people who maybe want to dabble in self-portrait photography, but don't want to show their faces. Maybe they feel shy. Maybe they just want to experiment with a new art form. How are you able to express a wide variety of emotions without showing your model's faces?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great question because I have to say uh, when I first started, um, I did show faces, and then somehow I, I really gravitated to not. But I wasn't again. I wasn't hundred percent aware of it until I um, I went. Uh, so basically, Yahoo used to do this thing thing through Flickr where they'd choose a photographer and sort of fly them in to New York and do a feature about their photography, and I I got chosen. It was really Luck and sort of randomness uh, that I got chosen for that because there's a lot of amazing photographers on Flickr. But um, when they were trying to figure out what you know what angle to take with the story, that's what they commented on. They said, "You never show faces," and it was—I'll uh, be honest. A surprise I, it wasn't intentional at that point I was like don't I I guess I do and then I started looking through I thought not very much so I hadn't really made a, a decision but then after that I started to really consider well why don't I show faces and I really like one of the reasons uh, is because some of my f- photos are self-portraits and I don't want them to be pictures of me um, at all for example uh, because I, I always thought like who would buy a picture of me and put it on the wall I would you know I I wouldn't even do that like why would I expect someone else to do it but also I just think it makes the photo more mysterious it causes there to be more of a story and um, you know no, regardless of who I'm uh, shooting I I just tend not to show faces so um, sorry so that's a little background on it and getting to your question it's To be honest, amazing. Um, If you start to take pictures of models and not showing faces, it's amazing how the smallest change in gesture or posture or positioning within the frame can completely change the story. Um, And I know whenever I shoot, because it's digital, I shoot, oh gosh, hundreds of photos in a session. And then I just look through them, looking for that, that exact right posture that says the thing I wanted to say and it's just it's really amazing how those subtleties are what can convey a message or a story so that's what I would say about faceless thing
0: that's a good answer it's very interesting that you were initially not very aware of the fact that you were focusing on faceless self-portraiture as you yeah. said earlier you naturally gravitate towards neutral colors and I think it's the same with faceless portraits mm. Mm. yeah uh, and yeah Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. I was just gonna say, I think
1: when anybody starts, it's it's very easy not to be aware of all the details of a photo. And and that's whenever I'm teaching other like students or whatever, I start to teach them like look at, you know, when you look at a photo that you really like and you want to like do something as striking as that, there's so many little factors to look at because I think it's just a visual, it's like learning a new a new language, I think, starting to be a visual artist. Um, and it's amazing to me how much, like, even when I look back now at my early photos, like, how many things I didn't consider, uh, for example, when I was creating a photo that I would, like, highly consider now. So it's it's interesting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it shows that you're making progress. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. And when cool. you work with models, I know that I mean, typically if you work with a model, they expect to have their face photographed, right? So <laughs> does it ever feel awkward for the models? And if so, how do you guide them?
1: Well, so most, I mean, the models I work with know my work, right? And so they are aware of what I will do, what I don't do. And I, you know, I have one model uh, that I've worked with quite a bit and uh, very beautiful uh, woman striking. And, you know, and I apologize to her each and every time I say, okay, um, don't take this personally but can you put this bucket on your head <laughs> you know but again she's a she's a great sport as all the models I work with are great sports so they they get it and they know but I I joke with her about that all the time you're the most beautiful model who I've asked to cover your face like but it, again it's just I, I mean I've, and I've done many shots with her where she isn't covering her face for sure like if uh for stock photography or whatever but um, but she definitely knows and all my models know that when they're shooting with me, generally speaking, I will ask them to turn their back to the camera, put this thing on your head or or whatever. So, yeah, they, they know it. And many of the models I've worked with are just stunningly beautiful and photogenic. So, yeah,
0: <laughs> that's lovely to know. Yeah, I think it's very important to have a good relationship with your models and for both of you to trust each other. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, you, you can't do it if you don't have that. I, you know, I've tried like every once in a while I've gotten, someone's contacted me to model with me or whatever. And they, um you know, either on Model Mayhem or something like that, because I'm in the area and they don't really either know or like my photography, but it never works. It really needs to be someone who gets it, you know, and, and we have certain vibe, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah it's, it's, it's crucial because you, you know, it's, it's like, you know, collaborating in any sort of respect, you really need to have that kind of simpatico to really create something that uh, works well.
0: Absolutely. And you have to know your work well too. And that's clearly something that you have mastered, you know, your style, you know, what you're comfortable with. So obviously your models feel comfortable with you as a result.
1: True. Yeah, that's true.
0: In Japan, there's a concept called ma that you often use as inspiration in your work. Can you tell me more about it, what it means to you?
1: Sure, I can. Yeah, I um, I have a little sort of blurb I wrote about that on my website, because when I first discovered that concept, it really spoke to me. And it's, you know, essentially, I, and again, um, I'm no expert. So what I know is is what I know. And probably there's someone out there that that might know very much more about the concept of ma. It's very simple and yet complex, I would argue but really it's about the idea of negative space and then within that negative space the placement of objects really have like make some sort of dialogue within space um and for me like one of the things when I started uh doing photography and and doing more interviews and people would ask me about my work and and one of the questions they would often ask is like what's your message do you have a message what's your over writing message, and that's a very interesting thing, because I think very often artists will be, you know, you might know a message of a particular photo or or a particular um, series that you're doing, but what, like, looking at your work as a a sort of a larger picture genre, what are you trying to say as a message? That's, uh, That's a little more... I guess uh, was difficult uh, to figure out. And so I started looking at my photos. And what I realized that's most important to me in photography and also in painting, because I I have been doing painting for the last few years, is creating a sense of space, a sense of space and a sense of calm. And so very often, for example, when I'm creating a photo, I'll I'll take the the shot and then I'll use Photoshop and mostly what I'm doing in Photoshop is taking away taking things out of the background you know like like sort of paring everything down to its most basic elements so there's almost nothing I would say nothing really in a photo that isn't specifically there for a very specific reason because I think in at least I believe that in this world uh we we lack space as a commodity i mean we lack many things obviously um but space is one of the things that we lack because i think we've become very busy as a culture and very crowded and um i think that having space really allows people to sort of take a breath and for parts of you to come out that wouldn't normally come out if that makes any sense so one specific example I can think of is myself. So I used to live in the city and that's where I first picked up a camera and I took a you know, certain type of shot, usually minimal or not minimal, sorry, um, macro shots because um, the city is a very busy crowded place and it's especially where I lived, it was hard to find really beautiful things to photograph. So I would go sort of walking around and taking pictures of like leaves and and different sp- sort of small world elements. And then I moved to the country And there was this just plethora of space and it completely changed everything for me. And I I really believe sometimes that I would never have gotten, become an artist, if you will, had I not moved to the country because it allowed, all this space allowed for so much more to happen, both inside of me and in my work. So that's what I would say in a (laughs) nutshell.
0: That's very eloquently put. I really like what you said, because you're right, we live in a very busy world, both the world around us physically and also the digital world and it can get very overwhelming whether you're just a photographer or you're just a person focusing on something else in your life it's there's so much information out there and it's just sometimes you might get paralyzed by all the options right so it's difficult to find your own original thoughts it's important to make that space for yourself whatever that is you know internally or physically or whatever um, yeah, it's a very interesting thought. I've never really thought of it that way, giving your, yourself the space to think things through, to develop your own style, to just be yourself, essentially.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like quiet. Like, you know, so many people don't um, ever sit in quiet. They've always got music playing or, or things like that. And I find like if I'm traveling or something like that, I, there's something about sitting in quiet for an extended period of time that just can I I find it very healing somehow and so yeah
0: I agree yeah it's very nice just in peace and quiet and just uh, just to live it's it's the most natural way of being right to just live yeah 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 we forget how to do that sometimes unfortunately
1: <laughs> yeah no it's well and again it, there's there's often so many things happening it's hard to even find the space to do it so yeah
0: Our 365 Days of Photography course is an amazing opportunity for you to grow as a photographer. My teammate, Kevin LJ has produced this course in a step-by-step format, which is very easy to follow. The course is presented in bite-sized lessons, each with a practical challenge. You'll learn and practice a new aspect of photography every single day. Each lesson is around five minutes long, and you can spend as much time on the challenges as you like. There's also a friendly forum where you can share the photos you take and get constructive feedback from others in the course. Kevin's professional photography experience is extensive. He covers not only photography essentials, but also many genres of photography throughout the course. You will learn far more about photography than simply how to use your camera. For our listeners, we're offering a very special discounted price of $199. The final price will soon be $365, so make sure to take advantage of this great deal today. Absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned earlier, we were talking about the concept of mine. you said that it was a blurb. You had mentioned that on a blurb on your website, and I, I read that blurb. There was quite a few, there were a few paragraphs there, very detailed about your message as an artist, who you are, and I found that it was so beautifully written and really summarized your work very well. I know that many photographers have their own websites. I'm sure many of the listeners are eager to write something in their artist bios that you know resonates with them and hopefully resonates with readers. Do you have any tips for people who want to write something about themselves that helps them express their work authentically?
1: Yeah, I would say it's um it's a work in progress over time. It took me a long time to really articulate uh, those things that are on my website and I, I revisit them all the time and make tweaks and changes and that kind of thing. And I think I, like one of the things I always recommend is like, see what other artists have said about themselves. Cause that can give you like, I, there's two things um, that artists tend to have on their website. There's like uh, an impersonal bio that talks about themselves in the third person and and sort of speaks about their work more Uh, well, in a third person kind of capacity. And then there's the artist statement, which is, you know, your personal statement about your work or some aspect of your work. And and so I kind of, I have those two things in the same place, one after the other, Uh, but it took a long time to really articulate those things. Cause again, I think um, we're, I I almost want to say we're the last to know what our art is really about, you know, and I think it takes and I I think that's a really good thing. I think, for example, if you, you know, you go to school, um, it can get very intellectual, like if you take, you know, sort of something in university, like I took English in university, and I became overly intellectual about about the way I, I might express some things. And whereas art, I don't have any formal training. So in many ways, I just sort of picked up a camera and went with what I loved or, you know, now with a paintbrush, same thing. And and I didn't ha- come at it with a lot of complex ideas about what I thought my art was. I just sort of delved into the realm of art and then it showed me what it was, if that makes any sense. Um, so I think that that's often the case uh, for artists, and especially if they've had no formal training, that it can take some time for your art to evolve um, on its own and then for you to actually you know, get an impression of what your art is creating. And a lot of, it's interesting because a lot of it has come through reflections from other people on what they find my art to be about, which is interesting, you know, because I think sometimes uh you know people are very astute in what they see and that, and sometimes people write to me and they say things and i'm like wow i hadn't really thought that but what a great way of articulating what you know this particular series or this particular photo is about because uh yeah we're not always conscious to every part of it that's what i think i think the creation of art is a very mysterious process and it's got this factor x that is what keeps me coming back because you know you think you think you're doing it and then you know it's like somehow an idea will pop in at the last second and it just makes it and you think where did that come from I don't think that's it seems smarter than I am (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's the best way to describe it so
0: yeah yeah it's intuitive that's the magical part of it because as you said it's not something you can just plan step by step although some people do that beautifully but I can relate to your process I'm more of a spontaneous person so like photography I just I go with the flow even if I have an idea let's say I want to shoot in one specific location I always end up somewhere else enjoying that other place better so yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> sure. speaking of uh speaking of receiving feedback from people what's the most interesting interpretation someone has shared with you ah gosh so many
1: like I think um uh, one of the photos I received a lot of feedback on so when I when I did that um yahoo interview with uh for flickr um that particular um video went viral like viral and i got so many emails like crazy amounts like hundreds into my inbox and 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 just wonderful things like that was i was worried because <laughs> i was like wow what are these people you know when you see your email just like fill up like one one second an email it's you don't know what to expect but what was a amazing to me was people were kind so kind and so generous with their compliments but also so many interpretations of specific photos and i that was the first time i'd really gotten insight into how people really sort of write their own stories with well my work but also any work and that was really interesting and so one of the photos that really got a lot of commentary was this one where Um, I can't remember the name of it now but I'm sitting in a field um, on a chair and there's another chair in front of me and oh I I think it's called the facing uh, or something like that facing yourself something along those lines and that was really interesting because so many people identified with that photo which again I had no idea that that would happen when I made it and so For example, like I remember this woman wrote to me and and it reminded her, it made her think of her and her husband. Her husband had recently died, you know, and that was just so moving to me because she, it was very causative in a good way to her to see that photo. Somehow it confirmed something in her. So yeah, there was a lot of different interpretations of that. And really, so I, I can't think of like the most interesting, but I think it's always interesting for me to hear what people think and what they see in my photos. And, and for that reason, I try not to over explain what I mean in the photo because I don't want to cloud their, um, their, I guess experience with it by putting too much of my own emotions on it. Uh, I just sort of put it out there. So yes, I have a whole series. I did um, when my mother was dying and And there's obviously a lot of grief if you look at that series, you can see the grief in it. But I've never when I put it out there, I don't didactically explain what each photo means um, because it's very personal to me. And I I want people to have like their own personal experience with it. And I think it's somehow if you if you allow too much of your own emotion to be said about it, it can eclipse someone else's feelings. Does
0: that make sense? So, yeah, yeah, know it's it's very kind of you to do that because, uh, yeah, you give your own, you express yourself in your own way and you indirectly talk about your feelings through your work. But then you also give people the space that they need to interpret your work in their own personal way and hopefully maybe help them as you've helped many, I'm sure.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting because it's, it's like my experience with the photo is in the making of it. And I like to think of once it's made, I've had my experience and then I give it away. And then it's longer mine, if you will. I mean, it is mine, the copyright or whatever. So, but but in terms of the experience with it, I let go of it, and then that, yeah, that's the, the best way to describe it.
0: And that's incredibly interesting. That made me think of a message in a bottle, just throwing it out into the yes. sea and, and seeing how people will react to it. I mean, it's not that practical if you literally do that, but in photography it's possible. But
1: you know what, it feels like that sometimes, like especially Instagram has become so crowded and it's like, I, you know, you put stuff out there and I have no idea if anyone even gets shown my photos anymore, you know, cause it's like, so, you know, there's an algorithm and who knows what it is this week and that kind of thing. So it does feel a little bit like a message in a bottle. I think that's brilliant
0: actually yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, Instagram definitely does feel like that, though. Yeah, with the algorithm, you kind of feel like you're, you're just lost in the middle of the ocean. Who's ever going to see your work again? <laughs>
1: I know, it's crazy.
0: It is crazy. It's nice that you are able to distance yourself from your work. Um, it, I think it's very healthy. And I read somewhere that you prioritize having fun during your photo shoots, which is very important. And in my opinion, quite difficult to do because again, I mean, personally, I usually think about the results. I usually think about how the results will look on my website what people will think of those results and that really messes with my mind and my creative process so if any of the listeners are having trouble with that what should they do?
1: Oh that's a great question um and I you know and I feel it like I, I've definitely had those concerns and those feelings um, for sure and I the, I mean the best way I can think about it is that, like the in the process of making the photo and I go through phases like sometimes like I just last fall later in the fall I I got to a point where I wasn't having fun everything felt like I was trying to do these photos and I was doing them two and three times which I don't normally do but I just couldn't seem to get it right and then I thought you know what put down the camera and I literally put it down and I haven't yet picked it up and that which is fine like I I think that's one thing that's really important to recognize is that you can take breaks from your art for sure and sometimes it's really important and necessary um, because it should be fun and it should be enjoyable and if it's not you're probably not going to get the results that you that you want you know but i i think the most important thing is not to consider the result while you're making the photo and and having said that like i you know i've done gone out on shoots And I know right away in camera, nothing's going to fly here. I usually take it home and just double check on my computer because every once in a while I can be wrong. But mostly I know by looking at the back of my camera if something's working or not, you know, but I think it's it's just so important to have your own experience with it. Because I used to I go through phases, especially when I was new, that I'd sometimes put out um, photos to see if they were good and let other people tell me if they were good and that's terrible don't that's a terrible terrible way to be because then you're you're on the hook of the random internet <laughs> to tell you your feelings you know and uh, I mean it's I think people do it but mostly now I I only put out a photo if I I have gotten something out of it myself because then you win you know that if it doesn't hit the Instagram algorithm just the right way and, and you don't get as many likes as you're used to or or whatever, if you feel good and you got something out of that process um then you win uh in the in sort of the art game if you will but uh, because I think you know the world is is very finicky and fickle and sometimes people love what you do and sometimes they don't but you know you as the creator need to love what you do you know and and it's hard like you can't always love every single thing you do but you need to feel it you know and I think that's important and if somehow if you're not feeling it like I go back to the drawing board it's like sit down pen and paper I'm a big writer in notebooks I've I've got notebooks filled with just random stuff that I write trying to get to the heart of like what am I creating and why and I think if you can get aligned with those things um the rest tends to fall into place
0: absolutely yeah it's a very beautiful way of putting it and I appreciate how honest you were about your own experiences with this because for me personally I've had photo shoots where many photo shoots where I felt okay this photograph I know people might like it might hit the algorithm just right and uh, sometimes those photos did and I would get lots and lots of likes but then ultimately I would delete them in a few months because I felt that they didn't really they didn't tell my story the right way and I didn't I didn't like them personally. And I was like, I was so torn because I was like, this is popular, but I don't like it. So how should I be (laughs) feeling? Yeah, well, and this is the thing. My most
1: popular on my entire Instagram, my most popular photo, I think possibly ever, if not maybe one of the top, is like, like a Photoshop of me with um with a seagull standing on my head and I put it out as a joke I was kidding I was just like oh that's ridiculous like I don't I'll probably delete this and and, like people loved it and I'm like and that kind of tells you something because there was no deeper meaning to it there was no whatever (laughs) it was just quirky and strange you know and so and that's um you know but it's not one that I would ever print out and put in a show although maybe I should I don't know <laughs> It just it shows you something like and 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 that's the thing like if you want to make art that's meaningful and I think we all do um it's yeah you know it's easy go for the cheap win and I think Instagram is full of you know lots of cheap wins but and sometimes it's fun to do it because I, I was just amazed it made me laugh and laugh when I saw how people were responding to that one but it's definitely not my most meaningful photo. Definitely not.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's important to have these conversations because yeah, we're artists, we're photographers, we have our own stories we want to tell and it's important for us to enjoy the photo shoots. To yes. Really, really just put our heart into them and really love what we do and that's difficult to achieve, but I think conversations like this will maybe hopefully help someone. Definitely help me, so thank you for the advice. Oh, good.
1: You're welcome.
0: I have one more question for you. And that is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? You know, it's
1: interesting. Um, I, you know, it's, uh, it's funny. I think about this a lot because I don't know how a lot of uh, like, I used to have a lot of very specific goals. I wanted to win a contest. I wanted to do an art show. I wanted to, you know, various things like that. And it's funny because, I, you know, I've achieved a certain amount of goals like that, like outward goals. But I think now, as I go forward, my most important goal always is to create work that matters. Um, first of all, to me, so that it says something that I can look back on and see that I've captured something that means something and that it matters to someone else. And I mean, I literally mean someone else like uh you know i i did a, a show um a while back it was a few years ago and someone came up to me i think they came up to me on instagram that was it who had been there and and the show mattered to them you know and it was like i got a lot of compliments and and things like that it wasn't that it was this one person who it it moved them you know and maybe it was other people too but this person chose to reach out to me and say that and i thought wow that like that is something I will carry with me always much more than a win or whatever, you know, whatever other goal achieving things that you will get. So I'd say that those are the things that are important because um, I can't like, there's a lot of photography goals that I will never reach. You know, I, I see that because the, the type of work I do doesn't lend itself to those goals. And, I, and that's a whole discussion in itself, but um, and and but I'm not willing to change my style or change my you know um, change what I do to reach those goals if if that makes any sense. Um, so I, I really think that my goals are becoming a lot more internal and a lot more like if I can reach one other person and and cause something useful in them by a photo or anything I make, then wow, that's that's worthwhile because i I think uh, we, yeah that's that's huge you know so that's that's what I would say does that make sense
0: (laughs) absolutely definitely makes sense I understand what you mean it's one thing to win an award which is very nice and flattering obviously yeah but it's completely different to it's just I feel like it's a yeah it's an incredible feeling to to know that your work that you created with your own thoughts your own hands you know your imagination actually moved someone else there's that connection that is completely precious yeah to achieve that yeah
1: yeah, it's just worth so much more than it word. like words fade, you know, it's like, oh, you won this. And then it just becomes this line in your CV more than anything. But those those moments where people have reached out and said whatever they've said to me, I carry those. I read them. I think about them. I go back to them um, much more than I do a list of awards, you know.
0: Yeah, it's wonderful. It's great that you were able to have these experiences with different people. And it means all the more to you because. work that you create is authentic as we just discussed earlier you didn't just create it for the algorithm you didn't just create it so people would like it you did it from your heart and then actually someone responded to that the thing that you created with your heart it means all the more i think it's it's all the more precious because of that
1: yeah yeah no that's that's exactly right yeah
0: i'm sure you will continue to achieve so many incredible things with your work and you will continue to touch people's hearts i have one more to ask, and that is uh, if the listeners are interested in seeing more pictures of yours, where can they find you?
1: Oh, uh, well, my website, pattymahar.com, is one place, and Instagram, I am at pattymahar. So, yeah, those are two places I can go.
0: go. Okay, I will leave all of the links to your work uh, in the show notes, and I'm sure the listeners will love looking through your work. Patty, thank you so much for taking the time to have a conversation with me today. I'm very inspired by your story, and I can't wait to see all the photos you take in the future.
1: Okay, well, thank you so much. It was a great interview, Ty. I really astute questions, and it was great
0: great to have a conversation. So thank you so much. Thank you, too. You gave such a wonderful answer. So yeah, I had a lot of fun. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Great big photography world wouldn't be what it is without our incredible listeners. We're grateful for the time you take to listen to other photographers' stories and share your feedback with us. If you'd like to help us keep this podcast running smoothly, you can become a member on our website. In return, for your help, we'll provide you with all kinds of exciting perks. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. I think that if you give yourself the time and the space to really enjoy what you do as a photographer, you'll find it much easier to get through difficult times. And that's something that I learned from this episode. Of course, I learned a lot more and I'm very grateful for Patty's optimism and creativity. I hope that this episode encouraged you, gave you some ideas on what to do with your work and maybe inspired you to try something new. See you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.